This is Indianapolis coach, Reggie Wayne, and you're listening to the For the Culture podcast. This is the For the Culture podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. We are officially nine days away from the first night of the 2020 NFL draft, and we're officially 10 days away from the Colts' first selection, 34th overall in the second round, a pick that we acquired from the Washington Redskins last year in the 2019 draft. So the Colts don't have a first-round pick at the moment. It's a possibility that we trade up. It's also a possibility that we trade back. But as far as today's podcast goes, Jason is going to go through the top five options at five different positions that make sense, could be, there's no guarantee they will be on the board at 34, but could be on the board and fits the Colts not only on the field, but off the field in the locker room as well. So I'm going to throw it to my main man and our For the Culture draft analyst, Jason Spears. To get it started, we're going to start off with quarterback Jordan Love from Utah State. He's 6'4", 225. Now, Jordan Love has been a, a polarizing prospect for a lot of people. I've pretty much been on board with him from day one. I love what I've seen out of him. I like his tools and his skill set that he brings. I think he's going to be a very good NFL quarterback provided he goes to a team with a good coaching staff and a good support system and a coaching staff that knows how to coach quarterbacks and has coached quarterbacks up well before. I think we have a staff that is well-equipped to deal with Jordan Love if they take him with the 34th pick. Just some things I like about Jordan Love. He's obviously got elite arm talent, a quick release, and he's got underrated athletic ability. He can slide around the pocket, climb the pocket. He does all that well. When he gets outside the pocket, he's not one of these guys that looks to run right when, you know, as soon as he sees an opening. When he's outside the pocket, he's looking to throw, which I'm a fan of. I like guys that do that. They get, you know, you look at a guy like Deshaun Watson, he kills us when he moves around in the pocket. Pat Mahomes is the same way. I mean, he moves around in the pocket. Those type of quarterbacks are very difficult to stop, and that's a trait that I really, really like about Jordan Love. He stands tall in the pocket and he goes through his progressions quickly. Sometimes, you know, I'll get into the cons in a second, but sometimes he has some issues with that as far as maybe going through them too quickly or locking on to one too long. He is very aggressive. I like this about him. Some people don't like it about him, but he's got a gunslinger's mentality. He's hyper aggressive. Now, there's things that you're going to have to coach out of him and some bad habits that he's gotten into, but he certainly is not afraid to make any throw on the field. Whereas, as we saw last year, Jacoby was seemingly scared to take any chances well you won't have that problem with this kid he believes in himself he's got a lot of self-belief and he'll try to make any throw if the window's there he will try to make that throw he was 32 he threw 32 touchdowns and six picks I think his his junior year so he's obviously been productive but then he had a step back last year and if you go through and you look at a lot of those interceptions he threw last year some of that was bad decision making some of it was the team he was on was behind and he's trying to bring them back. So you're going to make throws that you otherwise wouldn't normally make. And some of that were, frankly, his teammates weren't as good as the previous teams. So like the cast of characters had changed and they weren't as good. So I'm not going to lay all those interceptions on Jordan Love from last year, but he certainly had his share of bad decisions and bad throws. So that obviously needs to be improved on. But this kid has everything that you look for as far as traits go in an elite quarterback. So, and then just getting into some of the things that, you know, I just saw over time, he's got to improve his ball placement. 
sometimes balls are low they're they're behind guys they're like he he's got to get a little bit more accurate with his passes whether it be sideline throws deep middle throws those type of throws are not easy and you know obviously the further you throw the ball down the field it's just logic it's a little bit more difficult to be more accurate so he's got to work on that but again i think with a proper coach these things can be coached up and he can be a top 10 NFL quarterback. I really believe that. I might be way off on this guy, but I really believe in what I've seen just from his physical traits standpoint. Like I said, he's got to increase his accuracy. He was he was very inaccurate in some of these games. Part of that could have been due to, you know, miscommunication, whatever, uh, with receivers. But I don't, you know, I haven't gotten a chance to talk to the young man, so I can't say one way or the other. All I can go off is what I've seen. So some accuracy issues. My biggest question with him, Honestly, and, and this is something that I think everybody knows about, was the was the arrest right before the bowl game. That's not a good look. That's not a good decision. You want a quarterback that makes really good decisions. While I'm not going to sit here and chastise a 21-year-old kid for, you know, making one bad decision, you know, and, and I'm not going to get into debate on, you know, whether weed should be legal or weed is illegal. The bottom line is he shouldn't have had it. He shouldn't have been in the car with it. It was a terrible decision on his part. So we need to vet him. I'm sure our guys have talked to him and found out what the reason was for that and what went into that decision, that poor decision that he made. So, you know, that's something major for me. Decision-making is a huge part of being a quarterback, so that's something that he has to explain to the powers that be within the Colts organization. And if he does that and they feel comfortable with it, you could see him being a Colt. I do believe he's going to be available at the end of the first round and possibly even early second round when we pick. And a lot of it has to do with what these teams do. But if San Diego doesn't take Herbert, that pushes him back. So, I mean, and then even if they do take Herbert, who take, does New England take him? Who knows? I definitely think he's fallen to the back end of the first, and there's a chance Boward trades up to get him. It's also possible that he ends up in the second round. So, because he's very, like I say, he's very polarizing. Some people really like him. I've seen people rate him, you know, as low as 100 in their, on their draft board. So, uh, it all depends on who you ask. The next prospect I'm going to talk about is Denzel Mims, wide receiver, Baylor, 6'3", 205 pounds. He's been a riser after the season ended. I've seen him jetting up draft boards due to his size-speed combination. Kid, I really like the more I watch. Just, again, these are the physical talent and the, and the physical tools are there for this kid to be special. He's got an excellent combination of size and speed, which I talked about. Very productive at Baylor and improved each season, which is always good. You always want to see that incremental improvement. Has very long arms and very good hands. Sticky hands, gets the doesn't drop a lot of passes, and, and you know he's pretty sound with, with his technique. So he's solid in that regard. Very fluid in and out of breaks. He is able to use his physicality to get off press and his quickness to gain separation. So he uses the physical traits that he has to defeat whatever the defense is doing. So if a guy's up on him, pressing him, he can be physical and get, get him off the jam, or he can use his speed and quickness to get out of that. So he's very good at that. He's, very, he's a very athletic kid. He played three sports in the high school. He's a three-sport star. And he was a tra he was a very good track guy, and he was also an elite basketball player. I think he was highly recruited. So this kid's a super athlete. He could really, I mean, and just the size and, and the way he plays definitely could help in the red zone immediately. Somebody that, even if nothing else, if you're not starting him or whatever, for whatever reason, 
he can absolutely be a red zone target because he's so physically imposing and just such a, a physical specimen out there. So this is a guy that I, if, if we draft, I would think is a day one contributor for sure. Now, some of the things we need to look at that he needs to improve, 100% needs to improve his route tree. That's a Baylor type of thing. It's an issue with all their receivers. They have a very limited route tree there. So that's something, again, that our wide receivers coach is going to have to coach him up on. The, you know, Again, the raw talent, physical traits, all that stuff is there. He just needs to be coached. And you know, a good coaching staff will unlock that untapped potential. And I think we have that. And I think they could absolutely unlock that. And we could have a beast of a player in Denzel Mims. He's not very elusive. He's more of a straight line runner, so he's not very shifty. But he's a six, I mean, six three, so you don't expect a six three guy to be super shifty. He's not going to be out there like Darren Sproles or Naheem Hines. That's not a big surprise. But one of the things he's got to improve on, and this is something that probably the biggest issue with him that I saw was he's got to improve his precision on routes because he tends to round off at the top of routes. So that's something he's got to be more precise, and he's got to learn how to run the routes more precise so he's not rounding off the top of the route because that can lead to a defender kind of running with you and then jumping the route. So there's definitely things that you have to that he's going to have to improve on, but I love this kid. I love the raw talent. I think he's gonna, if he's in the right spot with a great coaching staff or a staff that knows how to coach wide receivers and get the best out of them, which I think we have, this kid could be a superstar. And if you think about – you know, just think about it for a second. If we somehow drafted him at 34 and then you've got Paris Campbell with that elite speed and T.Y. Hilton, who's just an all-around great wide receiver, I mean, right there, that's a scary start, you know, as far as a wide receiving core. Then you look at, you know, Pascal and, and some other guys, and who knows, we might, you know, pick up a guy or draft another guy after him. It's definitely the makings of a very good wide receiver core. So that's my second guy that I would look at at 34. The third guy is not as athletically talented as the first two, but he's a hard worker and he's was very productive in college. And I think he's going to be a, a very good NFL player. And that man is AJ Epinesa, defensive end, Iowa, six foot five, two eighty. So he's a big guy. He was very productive his entire career at Iowa. Uh, senior year especially was was really really solid. He improved every year. He's got great size, very long, obviously 6'5", long arms, and very fluid. Solid speed for a big guy, but not great. His greatest strength is his strength. He's very physical. He can ragdoll offensive tackles and O-linemen. Saw that many times in, in watching his film. He's got very heavy hands, can blow tackles off the ball with his strength. So this kid's a very physical player, a very strong player. He's a very strong, heavy-handed kid. Not elite. You know, not an elite physical guy, like as far as physical traits go with athleticism and that stuff, but he's very, very strong, good base, good leverage, great against the run. Not sure how, my biggest question with him is how will this translate as far as getting to the quarterback, but he can absolutely be a starter in an NFL defense, good setting the edge, good getting into the backfield, blowing up running plays, really, really good at that at Iowa. He's a very technically sound player and very fundamentally sound, which is great. It means he's been coached well. Iowa has a have very, very good coaching staff. You notice a lot of kids come out of Iowa and become even better in the NFL than they were in college. I think this guy has the same chance. I mean, he's got a lot of the skills you look for in a defensive end. He's very good at countering and discarding blocks. So 
you know, he's got secondary moves and things he can do to get off blocks and shed blocks and run guys down. And, and he, he you know, he plays extreme. One thing I love about this kid is he plays extremely hard all the time, never gives up on a play. And you'll, you, you'll see that when you watch him on tape. Uh, he's a three-down player, and he has really, really solid get-off and plays with great leverage. So there's a lot to like about this kid. Really, only the, the, the only drawbacks I really noticed about him were he lacked elite athletic traits, which I told you about. He's not super fast. He's not super quick. He's not this athletic specimen that jumps off the screen at you all the time. He's not that kind of guy. He's more of a lunch pail guy. Somebody that's going to get in there, you know, and really, you know, he'll, he'll give you everything he's got for how many ever plays he's in the game. And, and he's a three-down player now. He can play all three downs. He can stop the run, and he can get to the quarterback. He did both at Iowa. So, you know, he, he doesn't have those athletic traits, but, again, he was very productive at, at Iowa. He's not very bendy, so it's he struggles to turn the corner. That's kind of an issue. That's a big thing in the NFL, bendy guys that can – kind of flip the switch and get around that corner and, and, and you know you think Robert Mathis and and Dwight Free that type of twitch he doesn't have that this is a, a bigger guy more of a physical guy so you know th that's just something he's gonna have to work on and you know just going along with all this stuff because he doesn't have the super athletic traits his ceiling isn't as high as maybe some other guys with those athletic traits is but he can play right now. If we got this guy, he could play right now. He could be in a rotation. I mean, he could start opposite of Justin Houston, or, I mean, he could be the third guy. I mean, so he, this kid is absolutely going to be a good NFL player. Uh, is not the sexiest pick, but he can absolutely play. I love guys that play hard and you see it on film. And he's absolutely one of those guys, somebody that if the Colts took, I would not be disappointed because he's going to be a very good player. Now, the last two guys are kind of wild cards because everyone that, I, that I've seen has both of these guys going a little bit further down in the draft. But I really like both of these guys, and so I, I would take them at 34. I think they're going to – both these guys are going to be very good NFL players. First, I, I'll start with uh, Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle, Boise State, 6'6", 315 pounds. I think offensive tackles are going to fly off the board in this draft. I think he's somebody that is slept on. I think he has a lot of really, really good skills. He's very technically sound, great with his hands. I mean, he's just the kind of guy that I think could come in and give you a solid backup tackle. He, he Really, I think he's so good as far as just being an intelligent football player that he could slide over and even play guard if you needed him to. So I really like this kid. Obviously, you're not going to throw him in the starting lineup right away. You know, you got Costanzo there, but this is your future left tackle. He's a strong anchor with great technique. He's got an NFL skill set. He's very long, got long arms. He can steer defensive linemen well and has really, really good range in the screen game. He's got prototypical size, good and light feet. He's got great lateral mobility, which allows him to mirror speed rushers. And his proper spacing allows him to fight off the power rush. Plays with great leverage and is very technically sound, as I said earlier. It's something that if you watch him play, you notice he's he's very good with his hands, very good with his feet, and he plays with good leverage. So there's a lot of things to like about this guy. He's able to fire off the ball and get to the second level and climb defenders well. So, you know, if it's a, a screen or whatever it is that he has to get out to the linebackers, he's able to do that without a problem. He communicates well, something I noticed, and has really good blitz pickup awareness. 
So, you know, whether if he needs to talk to the tight end or the running back or the quarterback or whoever, you saw him constantly communicating throughout plays to make sure they got the blitzes picked up. So he's very, very intelligent, high football IQ, and did a really good job at Boise State with just, you know, communicating with his teammates and letting them know what was going on at all times. And I think that'll translate well to the NFL. Some of the things that I noticed I didn't like about him, but I think he can, you know, build up his body frame to attack some of these weaknesses. He lacks point of attack strength. He can get inconsistent with his hand placement. And that's coaching. Coaches can, you know, our D-line coach will definitely coach him up on that stuff. And our strength training guys will get him in the proper diet so he can get stronger, physically stronger. So at the point of attack, he's not getting pushed back so frequently. It didn't happen all that often, but it did happen. So that's something that he needs to work on. Bendy edge guys give this guy the most trouble. And that's, you know, that's an issue because that's a lot of what you're going to see in NFL. But I think going against Justin Houston in practice, going against Kamoko Ture in practice, going against guys that are real bendy and twitchy in practice will prepare him for when it's time for him to play. Again, we don't need this guy to start right away. This is somebody that we're going to develop, and hopefully he'll be our left tackle for 10 years. I think he's got that type of capability. He occasionally oversets, and you see this a lot of time in the NFL guys will overset because they're going against such an elite speed rusher that they'll overset outside and the guy will beat them inside. He tends to do that and makes them vulnerable to the inside rush. So that's something he's got to work on. You can't set up or overset because if you do that, you will absolutely, at the NFL level, you will get murdered on the inside. So he's got to work on that. That's something, again, that the O-line coach will coach him out of or coach him up on. Uh, He's not a dominant physical presence. So it's not like, you know, you go out there and you see a just a mauler, just a guy. This is a more te- – think Jeff Saturday at left tackle. He's more of a smart man's player, more of a technician out there. Kind of like Costanzo because Costanzo's not really a mauler. A little, I think he's a little smaller than AC is and certainly not as, as ready as AC was when he came out of Boston College. But I see some of the same traits in him. So I think that would be a great guy for him to learn from. Uh, Anthony Costanzo would be a great guy for this guy to learn from because I think they're very similar. And one thing I noticed about him is he's he's kind of he's not fiery, you know. And our and that's kind of been an issue with our offensive line in the past. Hasn't had that extra mean streak, the whistle to whistle thing, where you're just you know you're playing to the edge of the echo of the whistle. This guy's got to get develop a mean streak. But I think you put him in a room with a bunch of dogs like we have on the O line, and I think he will develop a mean streak. So. Those are just some of the weaknesses I saw on them. I'm trying to be fair, give these guys an accurate assessment. And my my final guy here, and this is somebody that I love, my favorite guy in this entire draft, and I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl caliber player, and I think he could help us right away, is Antoine Winfield, safety for Minnesota. 5'10", 205 pounds. Little undersized. Now, a lot of you guys will remember his father, Antoine Winfield Sr., played cornerback for the Bills, and the Vikings, so he's got a great bloodline, and, and his dad was a hell of a player. I remember him picking off Peyton Manning. I think it was in uh, 99 and taking it to the house. So a lot of you guys, the older older folks who listen to the show, remember his father. He was a great player. Um, this kid can play. He was a team MVP, very productive when he played, always around the ball, three-time academic All-American selection, so he's extremely smart, took school very seriously, great instincts, and is a turnover machine. This guy's around the ball all the time. If there's a ball to be intercepted, he was there. Big hit, knocked the ball out. He was there to recover it. 
or made the big hit. He's just a very smart player, high IQ, plays bigger than his size and faster than his time speed. And I love those type of guys. You see them run. They don't seem that fast. You see them, you know, in person or you see them on tape and they don't look that big. But then you watch them out on the field. and It's like you're watching a 6'3 guy that runs 4'3". So this guy's like the anti-TJ Green. He plays extremely hard and is a great leader, so he'd fit right in with our locker room. He's a willing special teams player. Somebody, you know, there's some guys that just don't play special teams. This kid will go out there and play special teams, whether you need him to return, he returns some in college, or you want him to be a gunner, it doesn't matter. He'll do whatever it takes. He just wants to be on the field. He can play, and one thing I, I noticed about him that I love is not only can he play the slot, you know, corner slot, he can play the boundary corner too and play it well. So you got a kid that you could, in a pinch, play a boundary corner, he can come up and play in the nickel, play the slot, and he can play both safety positions. You can get so creative with a player like this. There's so many things you can do. I mean, he's a great blitzer. Dude was a monster on blitzes, timed him up perfectly. He can do so many different things. This kid is just uh, somebody that I fell in love with watching. I watched a lot of Big Ten last year. Granted, he didn't play a lot of, up against a lot of really, really great offenses, but he's just a special player. You, you watch this guy's tape, and it just he stands out. And I've been on, you know, on this bandwagon for a while because he's just so damn versatile, and he's always around the ball. I mean, he is always around the ball. So I think he's got the best ball skills of anybody in this draft. And I know that's probably uh, a hot take, but this kid. I think he had seven interceptions, two forced fumbles. He, he was just all around the ball, always around the ball. And the, the best thing about this kid is he is built for our defense. I saw multiple people that talked about this kid say, yeah, I don't know about him in, man, in a man-heavy you know, heavy defense, but in a zone defense, this kid will be special. Well, guess what we run? A cover two, mostly zone, and this, this kid is built for that. I, he reminds me so much of Bob. He's just a playmaker. He makes plays and... Man, if we took him, I would love it because I think this kid's going to be a pro bowler. I, I, He would push our safeties to be even better than they are, and that's never a bad thing. A couple of things that suck about this guy is he's had some injury concerns. He missed the end of 2017 and 2018 with some injuries, so he didn't complete those seasons, but he did, didn't have a problem in 2019. So obviously, Chris Ballard's going to have to do his due diligence with him and, and go check those medical records and... and if everything's good, I think this is a guy they should absolutely look at. And obviously the last thing is he doesn't have the elite size or athleticism necessarily that you look for in an NFL player. But all you got to do to know this kid can play is turn on the film and just watch any game. Any game. Just watch any game. You're going to see that kid make plays all over the field. And, uh, you know, I think he should be drafted higher than what he will end up being drafted. And whoever gets him is going to get a steal. I hope that we look at him because I think he's a, a very, very special player.